0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. hope you're doing good. hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, of course, nearly at the end of the week now, thank goodness. But we got football tonight to be enjoying and watching, so looking forward to talk, talking all about that. Uh, I'm not working there again, which means there will be a reaction show straight after tonight's match against liverpool on the channel so on full-time whistle make sure you head over to the channel and we will have a reaction to that uh, good morning to everybody in the chat box how are we getting on i saw that uh chris tried to be first but he wasn't because tony christensen got in there just <laughs> before him uh John T., good morning to you good morning to paul uh, we've got emrad uh, we've got marcus we've got jacob matt g anthony thank you so much as always guys for tuning in adam av carl lars all the usual suspects. New member Don Simpson as well. Morning, mate. Jinja Uh, we've got Giddish. We've got uh who else have we got? Ufali, uh Ufa Uwefa? Uwefo? I'm gonna go over wafer Apologies if that's wrong. <laughs> uh Rathavere, Essex bloke. Uh, yeah, let's set about last night the bat. We're not going we're not gonna talk about the Tottenham game because you know how you can be two one down uh in the 94th and 52 minutes, 52 seconds in a game and still win, you know. Is what it is. Uh, <laughs> morning to Jamie. Morning to Jermaine. Morning to Edward. Good morning to so many of you joining us as per so many of you, as always, saying morning in the chat box, which is great to see. Uh, as always, please do go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. Uh, I'll be live over there at 9.30 this morning. I think I'm going to be joined by Bailey. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be me and Bailey this morning. Or maybe it's not. Maybe Bailey's doing the game tonight. I'm going to have a quick check. Uh, he is. He does look like he's doing the game tonight. So it's going to be me and Hush, possibly, maybe Guy. We'll see. I'm going to be there. So make sure you join us over there at 9.30. Uh, and we'll be reacting to more transfer news uh, and lots more about the ongoings at the club, including an interesting story, which we will be covering as well in this morning's show. Uh, however, the team is preparing ahead of the game against Liverpool and training pictures were released. Uh, this is, these come courtesy of Kai karnick via Getty Images, I believe, um, of which showing some of the players involved in first team training ahead of the game. We've seen Martin Odegaard has returned. Obviously, he did test positive and that's why he wasn't available for the game against Tottenham. Uh, Tyrese John-Jules has returned to the club from his loan spell at Blackpool. I would be surprised to see him involved in any way, but it depends on the shortness of the team. It depends on Eddie Nketiah's availability as well and Alexandra Lacazette. He could be on the bench, though. We'll have to wait and see for that one. Charlie Patino and Gabrielle Martinelli involved. Salah Dean, Jack Wilshere is also seen in training too. And interestingly, Jack Wilshere did um, put on his Instagram page yesterday a picture of him training with a couple of hourglasses you know, just teasing. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what that might mean. Uh, I feel like it's just a, an hourglass, as in the sense of time is running out to kind of sign me, kind of, you know, hourglass, but we'll wait and see. Uh, Ryan Alabiosu as well, seen training. He's a player that can play in a right wing back role and has done for the youth team. So who knows? If Arteta decides to go with the wingback uh, formation, maybe we'll see Alabiosu come into the lineup. We will have to wait and C. Let's however move on to one of the big stories that dropped yesterday and that was from The Athletic. The Athletic reports that the FA are looking into a yellow card shown to Arsenal's players over suspicious betting patterns. The Football Association is looking into a yellow card that was received by one of our players during a Premier League game although that Premier League game and the player have not yet been identified in regards to it being made published. Uh, It's understood that the bookmakers flagged to the FA an unusual amount of money placed on the Arsenal player being shown a yellow card during a Premier League game this season, and the FA told The Athletic that the FA is aware of the matter in question and is looking into it. It is said that they know who the player is, but that it's not been agreed to reveal that information at this time. This could be really serious. It could be very, very serious. Players have been banned for significant periods of time, as many as six years famously as well. Uh, in some cases, sometimes it's less than that. In the case of Kieran Trippier, it was a few months. Um, but it's not something that we need. And to be honest, people that are outright just saying it's this player at this moment in time with any, without the evidence to suggest that it is outright, you know, you should be careful. You should be really careful about speculating who it possibly could be. We all know that we've seen the videos that circulate on social media last night, but we don't know for sure who it is. It could turn out to be that player but we'll have to wait and see who it does turn out to be. But it's very dangerous to start accusing people, especially if it turns out not to be true. Imagine if that was you in that situation that was being accused of something that turned out it wasn't that case. I'm not saying it isn't them, but it could turn out that it's not. So, you know, before you start plastering your social medias with that specific player... You know, Just be a, bit, a little bit careful is all I would say. Anyway, moving on to our next story of the day. Mikel Arteta spoke in his press conference like uh, yesterday and did open up about transfers. Osman on Twitter did tweet out some of the quotes that did come out a little bit later in the evening. Arteta was asked about the possibility of signing players and he said that Edu and the team are working extremely hard to try and get the players that we want. We're on it, but we have no news to give you, which obviously gives us a little bit of... Hope that, fingers crossed, we can maybe anyway see a player or two join the club before the end of the transfer window. We remain to be linked with a number of of players, Sorry, but it does seem to be that it's going to be running until the end of the transfer window. It's going to be a hectic deadline day. I've got a feeling it might be a very, very interesting and hectic and chaotic deadline day. Uh, We are still 11 days away from the 31st of January. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, But we're sold that Edu is working hard. That's always been the case. Edu's been pushing very hard to our understanding with the Dusan Vlaovic deal. Um, But at the moment, nothing is as of yet agreed. Speaking of Dusan Vlaovic, for your daily update and your daily dose of Vlaovic, of course. Uh, the bid that was reported to be accepted uh, by OK, Culture, Mercato has been outright denied by Fiorentina and Arsenal sources. Ben Jacobs of CBS Sports tweeting yesterday that his contacts at both Arsenal and Fiorentina have both denied that any bid has yet been accepted for the Serbian forward. They remain in talks, they remain very much interested. It's not ending this kind of pursuit. But any news of a bid being accepted is said to be wide of the mark at this stage of play. So reading any information about a bid being accepted via OK Couch and Mercato, you should probably take with a fairly large grain of salt. Arsenal remain interested. Talks continue. Arsenal continue to try. No breakthrough as of yet in the race to sign Dusan Blauvic. Now, it's a different case with Artur Melo. Arsenal and Edu met with Artur's agents yesterday, supposedly in London, to try and sort out a deal with Juventus. It is also said that Juventus are really pushing to sign Dennis Zakaria from Borussia Mönchengladbach as Artur's replacement. So that kind of domino effect could lead to Arsenal securing Artur. The issue is that Juventus want Arsenal to sign Artur Melo on an 18-month loan deal with an option to buy. This is actually something that I would be very open to seeing. I think it would delay a payment to allow Arsenal plenty of time before they were to pay anything for him. And it would only give them an option to buy. They wouldn't have to necessarily commit unless there were certain clauses within that contract that turned it into an obligation but it's a very interesting move I think an 18-month loan deal would be fine for Arsenal it would give them a lot of leeway in the summer to go for that clear and obvious striker that they want to try and sign it seems like one that's going to be moving forwards as soon as possible and Arsenal and the player seem to want to get this done but Juventus continue want to try and wait until they've secured their replacement which looks to be Dennis Zakaria. We will have to wait and see if this turns out to be the case. And the final story and the main headline story of the day is that Pierre-Emerick Abamiang has received a loan offer from Saudi Arabian side Al Nasser uh, with an €8 million uh, buyout, buyout clause, buy obligation mandatory buy clause however you want to word it but he would have to be then bought by al nasa in the summer for eight million euros now the immediate reaction to this as when i spoke to harry simio yesterday on the canston simio show over on his channel make sure you check that out if you haven't done so already um was my reaction was you want to jump at this your immediate reaction is to go absolutely yes We really want to see him moved on and we can get money and we can get wages off the wage bill. It's a good move for Arsenal. Arsenal are still said to be mulling this deal over. And I can understand why. We've made a mistake in the window with Maitland-Niles. Let's be real about this. We've let Maitland-Niles leave far, far, far too early. We haven't brought in a replacement. If we let Aubameyang leave now, which I know everyone would like to see, including myself, we would leave ourselves short. Very, very short, with only Lacazette and Nketiah available as strikers to the end of the season if Arsenal are unable to bring in a forward. If Arsenal can bring in a forward, then obviously, without a shadow of a doubt, you would you allow Aubameyang to leave, if even he wants to. There is also the player that you have to think about. We don't know if he would even accept this type of offer. Um, yes, Vinny, we do have Martinelli, but again, we're injuries, we're COVID away from having just two senior natural orthodox strikers. I think this would be a very difficult deal um, to accept at this very moment in time. There is still 10 plus days left of the window for Arsenal to try and secure a striker. What it would also do, if you think about it, is Eddie Nketiah and Alexandra Lacazette are both out of contract at the end of the season. If we didn't bring any striker in in January... We would, on June the 1st, have just following Balogun as our only striker. And in your mind, you're going, well, obviously that would force Arsenal into signing a striker. But you have to consider the fact that that would then put Arsenal into a very weak negotiating position with other teams. They would know how desperate Arsenal are to sign strikers. Money goes up, wages goes up, agents' power goes up, negotiation difficulty goes up. And these are things that you need to consider. I would absolutely take the deal... If Arsenal can get a striker during this January window, I would just be a little bit concerned that if we did let him go and didn't bring anyone in during this January window, it would leave us very short. That being said, there's no guarantee that Bam Yang would even play for us again lots of different stuff um we're going to now finish the news which means we move on to the second part of the show which is all about you guys in the chat box so if you've got any specific questions that you would like to see answered throw them into the chat and for the next 15 to 20 minutes or so we'll be going through as many of your questions as possible let's go Okay, let's see what you guys are asking and responding to this news regarding uh, Pierre McBamiang and, of course, the news that Artur's agents met with Edu yesterday to try and hash out a deal. Michael Headley saying, we're getting Arthur early next week and we will get Vlaovic in the last days of the window. Michael, I hope you're right. I desperately hope that you're right, but I have a lot of doubts as to whether that or not is the case. Um. Am I on mute, says King. I don't, am I on mute? I don't think I'm on mute. Um, fingers crossed I'm not on mute. King. <laughs> Garish says, Tom, is our ultimatum um, for Dushan in the 25th of January? I don't know, Garish, honestly. I don't know when this kind of deadline, if there is a deadline, being left for things. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think there's any kind of deadline that's been set by anyone. I don't think there's even, to be honest, I don't think there's a huge chance of us getting the Dushan Blaovic deal done at all so to think that there's a deadline on this i think is probably a little bit too far good you can't hear me dave says damn no notification for this episode dave dave i do this show every day at 8 a.m <laughs> why do you need a notification set your alarm son come on uh dean says tom do you think we should try for Dibala?" Um, I'm not sure that Dybala is the right style of player that Arsenal need right now. We need an out-and-out striker. And I do kind of look at Dybala as someone who plays best off of a main striker. I know he can play the striker position. I just think he works better with someone. If you told me that we were getting Vlaovic and signing Dybala, that could be a dynamic that would work really well. But uh, I think that Dybala works better playing off of someone. And so, therefore, I don't think he can lead the line for us uh wilson absolutely that would be great signs for us it's not even in doubt for me uh raman says i have my present. Uh, i have my preservate reservations if isaac uh can do the same hold-up play that Laka and Dusach, uh, Dusan uh can uh actually he can do it arguably better it's one of the traits that isaac is considered to be kind of outranking the other strikers in is his hold-up play and his link-up play Uh, And his dribbling as well. All of those areas are said to be outranking that of Dushan Vlaovic and Lacazette at this moment in time. Uh, It's the technical ability that Dushan is better at. It's the finishing ability that Dushan is better at. But it's not to say that he can't link up play. People get very bogged down in wanting to kind of, you know, rank players in regards to how good their touch is, how good they link up players. And as soon as you say that one player is better than another... The immediate reaction is to think that the other player isn't good at that at all when that's not the case. It just means that one is slightly more accomplished or developed in that trait than the others. Jonathan says Marcelo Flores is on red hot form, scored twice for the under-23s uh, Yes, uh, day before yesterday, I think. Would love to see him on the bench tonight and gets a few minutes if the scoreline is in our favour. Uh, I don't think you'll see him tonight because he obviously played a couple of days ago. Who knows, though? We will have to wait and see. I think you're going to see on the bench Patino and Salah Radin. Alabiosu has a good chance to be on the bench. He didn't feature in the game for the under-23s either. Let's see what happens. Uh, Jermaine says, Tom, is the signing of Arta alone a good January window? No, it's not, because we do need a striker, Jermaine. I think this is an opportunity, this window, for Arsenal to consolidate their efforts to try and go for the top four. We will have to wait and see um scrolling down a little bit more uh Awayfo says any news on uh, dominic calvert lewin not at this stage arsenal's interest in him remains but there is no move for him as arsenal are pushing hard for the valvich situation right now daniel Powell says hey tom what do you think about rumors abamian got kicked out of the gabon team for partying um you know we've never had any confirmation of this rumor abamian came out and denied this rumor um, he never came out and denied any of the other disciplinary problems. You have to remember as well. So I feel like if he comes out to deny something, you know, I'm I'm inclined to trust that is the case. So I don't think that's true, unless we get any evidence or further reports that it turns out to be the case. But we'll have to wait and see. Drew says, "Do you think that we would pay the 90 million euro release clause of Izak this month in case we fail to sign Vlaovic? I would be very very surprised if we went that high on Izak. I feel like you could get him for slightly less." in the summer, but Real Sociedad, as do a lot of Basque teams in Spain, like to get the absolute maximum for the players that they let leave. You think about Athletic Club, who've let go of like the likes of Kepa and, and uh, Laporte and these players, and Javi Martinez, for a lot of money that typically have release clauses, and that was the only way that we're going to let them go. And for Real Sociedad, uh, whilst they don't have as stringent of a rule as Athletic Club do... They still would like to get absolute maximum fee. You're going to see Mikolaj Athabal eventually leave for a ridiculous fee, I would imagine. It'll be the same for Izak. but release clause, maybe I had to get him for a bit cheaper than that, but will uh, who knows? Who knows? Rathabari says, What is your opinion on more and more clubs having big dips in form and club morale in the last few years, like Man United and Everton? Good question. Obviously, instability in football is a regularity now. The amount of times teams change managers, change players, you're going to see inconsistencies. Maybe that's what Arsenal have benefited from by keeping the faith in Arteta is keeping on a manager that's, you know, stable, that's yes, moved players on, but is keeping a good core group of young players within the side. I also think that the kind of the the recruitment of both Man United and Everton has been very, very off. They've made some strange decisions in the market. They went for Ronaldo because otherwise Man City would have got him. And that's really derailed the development and the momentum that they were getting from Greenwood and Fernandes. And I mean, you look at Fernandes now. Ronaldo taken out the team the other week, injured, comes back in, but comes off as a substitute. And Fernandes is another really good game. So maybe it's what they need to take him out. And he looked really annoyed on the bench to be taken off. But let's be real, Man United are playing better without him at the moment. Um, <laughs> Dave says i know tom but there was nothing on the list on youtube strange uh, a lot of people did see it this morning Dave. so i don't know it must be youtube's fault but i i, I forgive you <laughs> uh, adam says morning tom that's a great point on the striker issue for the summer we really need to get this lad valvich in this window i'm expecting it not to happen but retaining the hope let's scroll down a little bit further andy hunter says tom where would you rank this season in terms of importance over the last 10 years With the squad overhaul and no Europe for three years, I feel like this season would be the most important. Uh, Yeah, it absolutely is. I think it's our best opportunity to get back into the top four. The last 10 years does include some big seasons that we were in the top four, that we were getting knocked out of the Champions League by the likes of Monaco, etc. So there is this overriding feeling that this is the best opportunity that we've got without any European football this season, without any FA Cup football this season, to push ahead to try and get into the top four. But um, we're going to need a lot to go our way and we're going to need our own kind of prerogative to be let's strengthen in this January window and then not allow ourselves to falter and allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And we've got the opportunity to do that with the signings that we can make. Vishal says, have you changed your mind on Ozzyman? He's back from injury. I'm not sure if it's affected his game much. Would you take him? Let's have a quick look at Ozuben and how he's got on since injury. I've not kept up to date with what's been going on with him. Still 23 years of age. He cost them a ridiculous fee. I think it was just under 70 million quid. Um, Five goals, two assists in 12 games. He's come back from injury, played 19 minutes in their game against Bologna, came off the bench. Um, He had a cheekbone fracture. That's a very strange injury to get, but... uh, let's see how he does uh i'm not going to say that i wouldn't take him because prior to his injury he was considered you know one of the best strikers on the continent so i wouldn't say i wouldn't have him but let's see how he reacts to this injury he's only just come back so we'll have to wait and see um let's go sam says have you watched latte firm fk's breakdown of r2 i just finished it and it was awesome really compliments yours nicely thanks mate um i haven't checked it out yet but i endeavor to do that yesterday was a crazy day so uh I will watch it, but FK's doing some great work and uh, I hope that it did complement uh, Osman very nicely. Jasmine says, Tom, who do you think will be a better fit for our current team, Bruno, Artur or Paqueta? Uh, I think Bruno, we are in desperate need of that kind of industrious central midfielder that's progressive with their passing. I rate Bruno a bit higher than Artur, but Artur does have a lot of characteristics that do outrank Bruno. But I think Bruno is a better all-rounder than Artur but it doesn't mean that I wouldn't take him. Paqueta is a great player, but he's more attacking. And I think we've got a lot of attacking options in midfield already. And I don't think, if we are going to sign someone in that position, it's not as much of a priority as the central midfield area is. Uh, OG goodness, is we are not signing anyone. Let's be honest, Tom. I mean, who knows, OG, mate? Who knows? Let's be optimistic. Let's hope that we can bring some winning. I always find it strange when people jump into my chat box and like, look, we're not signing anyone. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, Carl says, do you think time will go big? Uh, Do you think time will go big on a big midfielder like Vlaovic's chances are low? Uh, I'm assuming, Carl, do you mean we'll go on a big midfielder if we don't get the striker that we're looking to invest heavily in? I don't think that we'll do it this window. I think that will happen in the summer, but we will have to wait and see. Vinny says, 855 of you watching. In fact, there's over 950 of you watching now. Let's get the like button up. We managed to hit 1,000 likes on a couple of our videos in the last few days please, please hit the like button and show you support. We do this show every single morning at 8 AM. We go through the news and then we dedicate at least 20 minutes of the show, typically to your questions as well, to get your thoughts and feelings heard. Uh, PJ says, how much attention do people give towards the interview given by an Arsenal player where he seems to suggest that certain officials would have a bias in decisions against him in terms of discipline? Um, what was the interview, PJT? Uh, that, that has gone completely overhead if I've missed it. Um, I've not seen that, which I mean tells you that I haven't given attention to it if it does indeed exist. Uh, we'll have to have a look, but you'll have to tell me who it is because I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit further. Drew says, that's why I keep my TGT Twitter notifications on. Well, you see, I do tweet a lot of rubbish though. <laughs> so you have to deal with that. But yeah, we do tell you when it's, uh, we, we do tell you when it's going. Oh, that's a shame. You've ruined it. Um, not you, Drew. Don't worry. Uh, Alan says in the summer whom we should get as central midfielder, Bruno or Yuri Tielemans with the Premier League experience, I lean towards Tielemans. What do you think? I, look, Telemans had a really bad game last night, gave the ball away uh, and obviously put himself in a position where he's cost Leicester the game, cost Arsenal Spurs dropping points. And immediately you saw a big, big reaction to that and the mistakes that he made. Let's be real. Telemans is unsettled at Leicester. Telemans is open to leaving Leicester. That's why he's not signed a contract. I don't think what you're seeing from him is reflective of the quality player that he is. I think he's a very, very good footballer. Um, but look, there is always going to be hesitation when he makes mistakes like that. There's always going to be these things brought up. But I would say take these performances that you're seeing from him with a pinch of salt because he is unsettled. He is not necessarily happy with his situation and probably does want to move on. But it was a really bad mistake and you know, rightly should be criticised for it. But I don't think that's reflective of his game. And I think he would be an excellent signing if we was to bring him into the team. Um, the Harry Thomas says, Hi Tom, do you reckon finishing fifth would be better for the development of this team? Amari Baligan and Patino, etc. I just think eighth to fourth is a big jump on this season. Um, look, if we finished fifth, I'm not going to be wildly disappointed. I'll be a bit gutted that we didn't get top four, but. I mean, eighth to fifth is still a very good show of of progression this season. It shows they're moving in the right direction. And with more reinforcements in the summer, hopefully we can position ourselves to really push for that top four place the following season. But we've still got a really good chance to get top four this season. And if we get it, look, the Champions League games, you still have Champions League fixtures against sides that, you know, you'd be very much expected to beat even with a rotated team. I think there is opportunity for those players, Hutchinson, Balogun, Patino from the bench next season. They're going to naturally develop. They're going to get more minutes in the cup competitions. So, no, we need to position ourselves in the Champions League as soon as possible. It gives us a really good opportunity to sign some quality players in the summer that we maybe wouldn't have access to otherwise. And the money side of things as well, the financial support for that would help us going forward to trying to achieve further goals that we have. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, What do I think of Kakaray from Leon? I saw his suggestion on the Tifo sensible transfers video. I do think there are better centre midfielders out there. I don't necessarily think that Kakaray progresses Arsenal's midfield beyond what we already have. And I think that we should really be looking to sign players that definitely upgrade on what we've got. He's a good player. I just don't think he necessarily takes the midfield forwards as much as I would like for a central midfielder, in my opinion. Um, let's go to uh, 24-7 Positive and who says, what do Arsenal do if we get Blauvic? Uh If we don't get Vlaovic, sorry, I would like Julian Alvarez from River Plate, who is actually the player that Fiorentina have been looking at. If we don't sign him, there are alternatives. In my view, there are three alternatives um, that you can move to. In fact, I wrote about this last night. Um, one of the routes is you sign a player online, And we always look towards the Luka Jovic because he's a player that, that is of a level of quality that would hopefully bring us some goals. He's a player that is surplus to requirements at a club like Real Madrid. And he might want to come and be motivated to try and get his career back on track. So that's one option. The other option is that you go for a younger profile striker at a club that's in either a lesser league or somewhere that you know it wouldn't cost too much money so like an Arta Cabral at Basel you might be able to get him for like 15 to 20 million euros we'll have to wait and see how much they would charge for him but you might be able to get someone like him in he would be a really good option, scores plenty of goals, but there's question marks over a transition to the Premier League and you could still then sign a really quality striker in the summer. And the third option is that you sign a wide forward, a forward that can play in a wider position like a Dejan Kulicevski, for instance, but can also play in a central position. Then you're covering two bases and you've invested heavily in a player that's still going to get plenty of minutes in a natural right-sided or left-sided position. They're the three routes. There are players out there that fit all those moulds. If we don't sign Vlaovic, we need, in my opinion, to go through one of those three routes if we're not going for a marquee striker this month without it being. Duchamp Vlaovic Kajabo says do you see do you like seeing a pipeline being built for Brazilian players I like seeing a route given to plenty of players I mean Brazilian players in particular is always going to be great because you know there's really great talent that comes out of Brazil as we know But Arsenal need to look at other markets, the Asian market, the North American market. These are two areas that are definitely improving with their talent production. And we do need to see Arsenal take advantage of those things. Arsenal have recruited a number of new scouts to work in Spain and France and Germany in the last 12 months or so. So hopefully we start to see more scouting of great talent come through and be brought into the club. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I feel like I've said that a million times. <laughs> uh, Dave says The Athletic now reporting that Liverpool have returned negative tests prior to the Carabao postponement, but ordered further tests which came up as false positives. Wonder if that gets any coverage. Um, interesting. Uh, I, don't, I haven't seen that from The Athletic, Dave, uh, if that's the case or not. Um, I'm scrolling and I can't see that report, um, but it may be there. I just can't see it, Dave. Uh, oh, hold on. I've seen it. Thank you, Balaji, who's DM'd it to me on Twitter. Liverpool originally returned negative COVID tests, then ordered extra ones that weren't required. They turned up positive, so the Arsenal game was called off, but the tests were faulty, and it was not made public at first. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to speculate that on just the reaction from reading that couple of words. I encourage you to go and read the article by Simon Hughes on The Athletic. Maybe that's something we'll talk about at a later stage. Uh, To be fair, they've laid out a seven bullet point story of this. Let me read these to you. Liverpool decided to send their players for precautionary PCR tests using a laboratory called Biograd after a round of negative lateral flow tests. Liverpool requested the postponement before knowing the results from this additional round of testing. Liverpool conducted this additional testing because they were fearful of a second outbreak at the club but it went beyond what was needed to get the tire played. Positive results were then returned for 13 players. When these erroneous tests were discounted, Neither the club or any of the other authorities in the process highlighted that development publicly. Club's incorrect terminology triggered the EFL into thinking that it might have to open investigation. However, it is clear that Liverpool had no motive to get the game called off. Some Liverpool players were unhappy and frustrated. They were unable to play in two games and were forced into isolation away from their families despite not having COVID-19. Um, very, very interesting stuff. So... <laughs> I mean, why they would do the extra, it it seems to be because they were fearful of a second outbreak. But, you know, uh, apparently they're now saying that Klopp's terminology was wrong and it was incorrect, which obviously sparked a lot of uh, uh, discussion and reaction. Look, it is what it is. It's done now. Uh, We're playing the game tonight, fingers crossed. And uh, fingers crossed we can, you know, make it pay and get through to the final of the League Cup because it would be a great competition to win. And whilst a lot of people play it down, as a cup competition, and I know it's not as important for us as to getting top four. It would be great as a springboard getting a trophy at this point in the season would be great to push forward to the end of the season and giving us the kind of the morale boost that we need. So let's see if we can get through tonight. I'll be doing a reaction show straight after the game at full time, so do join us on the channel at the full-time whistle. I'll also be live over on the Arsenal way in just under an hour's time to discuss all this and more with the help of you guys in the chat box as uh it's been an absolute pleasure guys to speak to you do drop a like on the videos There's over a thousand of you tuning in today please do do that it really does help the channel i can't stress that enough tell your friends tell your friends and family to tune in at 8 a.m every single day and keep yourselves up to date with what's going on in the world of arsenal transfers uh other than that i will see you again very very soon and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute